Welcome to the Primal Pioneer, a no-nonsense podcast teaching you how to rewild your life and heal your body using nature's medicine kit. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, author of The Sunlight Rx, and alternative healer. For the past decade, I've been helping people overcome acute and chronic health disorders and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach. Enjoy this episode and subscribe to this podcast to stay informed about your body, your health, and how to lead the healthiest life possible, even amidst our crazy modern world. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Happy holidays. Um, I hope you all are not too, too stressed about the holiday um, and that you are brave enough to bring your own safe foods to gathering and that you're taking time to rest and recover and enjoy the slowness and the visioning and time with loved ones that this time of year at least in the northern hemisphere is all about and happy solstice as well we are now moving back towards the light here in the northern hemisphere it is my most favorite least favorite day of the year um so today i want to talk about a topic that most people disregard as an important health issue and that is something that most people have a lot of shame about or um, they feel it's like oh my god that's gross and that is warts we can also add into that category skin tags and STDs a fun topic indeed and um, I think it's a fun topic anyway um, and actually, when we approach these conditions from a homeopathic standpoint, it can actually add years to one's life and prevent chronic disease later in life. And so today I'm going to dis- discuss what it means with regard to one's health when someone does get warts. Let's say your kid gets warts, his hands, feet, you know, warts everywhere, abdomen, or if somebody gets an STD, and also how treating these conditions allopathically actually moves one more rapidly towards certain chronic illnesses and activates genetic predispositions, and how when we alternately treat them homeopathically actually improves the quality and longevity of one's life. Um, So, I'm excited to get into this topic because most people are like, oh, that's a wart. I'm just going to put this little cream on it or do this little thing. Or, um, you know, I want to give you a deeper perspective around this seemingly unimportant yet incredibly important topic. But before I dive into this topic, I have two announcements. And number one, as I mentioned, happy solstice. And for us in the Northern Hemisphere, Um, We're now slowly but surely moving back toward the light and longer days. As I mentioned, it's my favorite, least favorite day of the year. And to help you all utilize the therapeutic properties of sunlight to support your own health, to improve your sleep and melatonin recycling, your mitochondrial function, your dopamine and serotonin production, your carbohydrate digestion and absorption, just to name a mere few, 
you can get a copy of the Sunlight RX ebook, head over to my site and um, heathershepherd.com, H-E-A-T-H-A-R-S-H-E-P-A-R-D.com. Go to the resources tab and you can um, pick up a copy of the Sunlight RX ebook to start learning, hey, how do I use the sun in a therapeutic way? How can I basically um, extrapolate the most crucial, important nutrients that we need from the sun um, by, by using sunlight in a therapeutic way. So literally when I work with someone, I try to get them off of pretty much all supplements, of course, medications. Um, and sometimes we have to wean off and sometimes this is like, oh no, discontinue that and that and that and that. And they're like, whoa. And I'm like, swap it for sunlight. And um, literally when you get your nutrients from sunlight, your neurotransmitters, recycle your melatonin, et cetera, it's much more bioavailable, absorbable, usable um, molecules that your body knows exactly what to do with. Unlike some vitamins and pills, just like in this blob of powder and your body's supposed to say, you know, know what to do with that. It doesn't, and it almost never does what you know, it's designed to do. Well, vitamin C is good for the immune system. Well, only if you have the correct vitamin C that you're, that you're actually taking. And I did a whole podcast on, you know, dangers of ascorbic acid and how you really want to avoid ascorbic acid, which is the main vitamin C supplement. Could be timely right now during cold flu season for you to go over. Uh, head over to that episode, the dangers, I believe it's called dangers of ascorbic acid. Um, and vitamin C, where I teach you um, how to take vitamin C naturally. But um, the Sunlight RX, it's my four-step protocol that teaches you how to use sunlight to support your health in deeper ways. Um, so again, you can go to heathershepherd.com backslash resources to pick up your copy. Number two, this is an important one. It's the first time I'm offering this. Um, this January 2023, I am launching my Foundations to Homeopathy course. So many of you have um, expressed interest in the year and a half homeopathic practitioner training program that I teach. This is an awesome way to, hey, before I invest a year and a half of my life and time and money, et cetera, into the program, um, this foundations course is a great place to, to start with regard to fine tuning your, uh, the, the basics, the foundation and your knowledge around homeopathy and to get a good feel for, Hey, do I want to take the year and a half program? Um, but during this foundations course, I'm going to teach you how to start utilizing homeopathy for your own health, for the health of your kids, your clients, and it's literally five plus hours teaching you important topics that I'm just going to say it. Unfortunately, most practicing homeopaths are unaware of. Yes, it sucks. And it's like just the reality of the situation right now. You know, things like potency choice. What potency do you give your kid when they have a cold? What potency do you give yourself if you have an anxiety attack? When do you repeat a remedy? What are root causes of disease and how do you approach them? Um, and what is the importance of knowing the psychology of your patient? 
Um, this is huge when it comes to accurately prescribing a remedy and much more. For that, head over to my site, heathershepherd.com. You can go to the homeopathy tab and there you'll see the foundations course. If you're able to get over there before Christmas, you'll save a hundred bucks on the course. Okay, let's get into this topic about warts, STDs, um, and when I say STDs, for the sake of this episode, I'm referring to warts, growths, um, herpes outbreaks, etc. So before we go to STDs, I want to start with warts on the hands, feet, basically anywhere on the body besides the genitalia region. So most people have had warts at some point in their life. Um, and, you know, some people, have maybe they have one war or they remember, oh, when I was a teenager, I had one on my hand. Or, you know, I, when I was a kid, my, my feet were filled with them, you know. So some people have one, some people have two, some people have several. And they have so many that they lose count. Here's the thing about warts. Yeah, of course, they're hideous, but we have to stop suppressing them. Even warts, we don't want to suppress. You know, we want to try to avoid suppressing at all costs. Um, Sometimes there are instances where we have to use a suppressive therapy, right? Sometimes life happens, things come up. But when we can avoid it, like something like warts, it's not a life-threatening situation, right? So, um, and homeopathy does wonders when it comes to treating warts. But most people today, they don't think of like, oh, if I freeze this off, that's suppressing the wart. Or if I put this cream on the wart, that's suppressing it, right? Or if I use some over-the-counter drug on it, then that is suppressing it. And um, most people don't think much of it because they usually go and freeze them off and then they never see them again. They go away and they're like, oh, I forgot I even had that, you know, no big deal. Of course, we want our warts to go away, right? We we don't want to walk around with all these warts on, on us, but we have to go about their removal in a sound way to prevent certain chronic disease states um, and to support and preserve our health and the longevity of our organism. Right? So let's better understand warts before freezing them off and thinking our hands um, and basically just thinking that they're not a big idea, a big deal, whether they're on your hands or your feet or et cetera. Um, so first, how do these things come about? How does somebody get warts? Like what, what's the deal? What's the deal with them? Oftentimes, and I say often because not always, but oftentimes, warts are a direct result um, of vaccination. So after somebody's vaccinated, this is often a time when the warts start to show up. It's a self-preservation method. It's the way the immune system is trying to protect the deeper, more uh, important internal organs. You see anything that's pushed up to the skin layer, 
This is a defense mechanism. It's a self-preservation act of the immune system to safeguard the internal organs. So the body basically traps as much poison as it can, and it pushes it up towards the skin and funnels it into a wart. And as much of those toxicities that it's able to capture from the vaccine, vaccine or maybe the toxicities came elsewhere, um, but it pushes it up to the, to the surface of the skin and what develops is a wart. This is the best case scenario, of course, when this happens because you know, it shows that the immune system is strong enough to expel at least some of the poisons. It's able to safeguard the, the internal organs from at least some of the poisons in the vaccine and reject at least some of the vax. Now, you may be thinking, um, well, Heather, I, you know, wart showed up several years after I've been vaccinated. So it's not like the next day I had warts. Of course not. This is the, that would be totally rare and almost unheard of to develop warts immediately after a, a vaccine. It could literally take months to years after the vaccine, depending on the strength of the immune system, somebody's level of health, whether somebody's on prescription drugs. There's so many factors to take into account, right? But it's going to take a, a little while after the vaccine for the warts to, to develop in most cases. So whenever we see warts, we need to realize that this is a protective mechanism of the body and the immune system, and we need to encourage their coming out as basically a deep form of healing. The body is really trying to prevent chronic disease, trying to prevent toxicity in your body and your organs by doing so, by, by creating the warts. When we suppress warts, freezing, creams, etc., then we basically are suppressing the work of the immune system and, and, and the function of the immune system. And so not only will the warts be suppressed, but by freezing, anytime um, we cut something off or we take a uh, over-the-counter or we take a prescription or get a vax, we're suppressing, right? That is just the reality of the situation. And so when we suppress, every single time we do so, we also suppress the immune system. We weaken the immune system. And so the body over time, the more suppressives we basically compiled throughout our life, the weaker and weaker and weaker the immune system becomes until one enters a chronic disease state. Chronic disease state basically is the immune system has become so compromised, so weak, that it cannot produce symptoms and a robust acute symptoms, fever, um, et cetera, to help expel the toxins. And the immune system, when it gets, when we suppress it, it gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And then eventually we stop getting high fever and we swap high fever, we swap intense acutes, cold, flu, fever, you know, of really robust caliber, not like a hundred degree fever. And I'm like in bed with a, 
little hot water bottle for a day. No, that's that's like a very meek uh, immune response. A robust immune response is um, things start coming out of the skin. There's high fever, there's cold, there's flu with high fever. That's a robust immune response. And that is like taking your immune system to the gym. So when we suppress warts by freezing them, it's a form of suppression or however else, you know, other suppresses, suppressives that we use, um, we set the stage for deeper pathology to start developing in the organism. So, you know, this is always a good sign when the pathology is able to come to the surface. For example, with warts, great sign, the body's safeguarding itself, the immune system's working, it's really trying to remove this set of toxins to help preserve health and the immune system and immune function. It's much less threatening to the body um, when something like warts develop. When we suppress warts, then what happens is we reverse this situation. So instead of the pathology being pushed up towards the surface, which is a much safer area for the pathology to be, it's going to be less harmful on the body and the immune system. It's much less of a threat. When we suppress the warts, we now push the pathology into deeper layers. What's the big deal? Well, not only do the toxins and poisons get then resubmerged because you freeze off the wart. Yeah, some of the toxins are going to go away in the wart, but um, that wart has roots into your system. Those roots, um, no longer are they going to form the warts, they're going to be pressed and submerged down into the deeper levels where they're going to start contributing to more chronic issues long term when we suppress warts down the line you know not you let's say you go freeze your warts off the next day you're not going to have like chronic a chronic disease right i mean but when the years pass and in most people's you know uh, most scenarios they're going to use more and more suppressives you know after they freeze off the warts the antibiotics are going to keep getting vaccines etc well eventually this is going to set the stage for things like cysts or fibroids or growths. When we suppress warts, the long-term game results in growths that are more challenging to treat and more dangerous, um, more threatening to the health, to the immune system, to the internal organs. Cysts, fibroids, canther cancerous growths. Um, even benign growths in areas that can be um, more threatening to the body, such as around the endocrine organs. So um, that's one side effect. But another side effect is also that when we suppress warts, um, over time, the personality will also gradually shift into a deeper pathology state. And this is gonna happen more rapidly and on a deeper level um, when more suppressives are added to the mix after the freezing off of the warts, et cetera. So let's say, you know, for example, somebody has warts, they freeze them off, and then let's say they get um, some kind of a bronchitis and then they go get antibiotics. And then after that, they get um, IBS symptoms. And so they get more antibiotics and, you know, so, 
more and more drugs are added to the situation. The more drugs added to the situation, the more the personality starts to shift into a deeper pathology state. This is why in homeopathy, understanding the psychology of the person is so helpful when it comes to treatment because we can say, hey, this person is struggling with depression, but not just any depression, suicidal depression. Suicidal depression is a, a much more threatening situation than somebody who's, who says, I'm depressed, I just feel like kind of sad sometimes, but without suicidal thoughts, right? So the pathology kid will go under these deeper pathology states, the more suppressives that are introduced and used over the course of one's life. So let's take somebody who is confident and positive about life and they have a pretty good self-esteem and um, they start, let's say they get warts and they're suppressing them and they freeze them off. Um, this eventually will move this positive, confident person into a deeper state of say self-doubt, of questioning their life. Um, like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? You know, th there's just more questioning, more doubt. Uh, they start to lose trust in themselves. They start to lose trust in other people. This is one example. And this example is actually specific to when warts are suppressed, um, especially multiple. This sort of confident, positive person often moves into this self-doubting, questioning, and then they can't trust anyone. They can't trust themselves and they can't trust other people. And um, this is one side effect that can happen down the line. So um, if somebody has, if somebody comes into my practice and they, they've had warts and I know that they've suppressed them in the past or they've taken other suppressive therapies since they've had the warts, I want to protect that organism from moving in, into a deeper pathological state because I know physically it will set the stage more for more dangerous growths, cysts, cancers, fibroids, et cetera, as well as a deeper pathological state on the mental emotional level. Now, of course, the strength of the organism, one's genetic predisposition is gonna determine what to what degree they're affected on the physical level, on the mental emotional level, et cetera, um, when the warts do get suppressed. So, Everybody has a genetic predisposition and a list of things that they're genetically predisposed to. And um, when we suppress our emotions, when we suppress our warts, when we suppress our physical, mental, emotional ailments, that's when we activate the genetic predispositions. Um, I'm going to give you an example here because my wife, when she was in college, she worked at a grocery store. She was a cashier and she was handling a lot of money, but um, she's also had to get some vaccines for some traveling she did in, in college. She had no idea about vaccines then, right? Um, and so, you know, she thinks it was the money and maybe the vaccines. And I'm like, babe, it's totally the vaccines. But after she started working here, she literally got multiple warts on her hands, multiple she, she quit her job and um, 
she was like, oh my God, this is disgusting. I have to quit this job. And she went and got them froze, the, the warts froze off. And um, she said, after the warts were frozen off, there was this period of time where she entered one of the deepest depressive states um, of her life. And it was really scary for her. It was a really intense time. And um, what actually brought her out of that, she went to Hawaii and spent some time in Hawaii. And I was like, babe, it's totally the sun. You're in the ocean. And um, you reset your mitochondria. She's like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, <laughs> really? But um, so this is, this is an example. So if, if you, maybe you can recall a time like this in your life when you had something on your body, whether it was a war or some other growth and you had it mm, removed in a, you know, allopathic suppressive way, you know, we have to pay attention. How did you feel after that physically, mentally, emotionally? Because these things are very telling if the therapy was supportive, helpful, moved me forward with my health, or actually if it was more detrimental. So, um, you know, while any vaccination can certainly influence the development of warts, um, and as I mentioned, this can happen days, months, years after the vaccination, um, the small the smallpox vaccination is one of the most notable for producing warts. Um, after after the smallpox vaccination, not only can people get warts, but they can also struggle with self esteem, and this is absolutely true across the board for any uh, vaccination. This one has just been studied very deeply in this in this way, the smallpox vaccine. So. Um, it is it is shown that people develop warts after the smallpox vaccine. They're more susceptible to this anyway, and they can struggle with self-esteem, self-doubt, depression, um, and they can become more fixed and unmoving in their thoughts and opinions and ideas and so forth. Um, and it's really interesting. They, they almost develop this like inner secretive nature about them. So uh, it's just, it's really fascinating. It's really, really interesting to see how the psychology forms and changes after a, a stressor, after a suppressive therapy, et cetera. So, um, you know, you see that warts are just one side effect and symptom um, after vaccinations. And it could be any toxin, any toxin in the environment your body's trying to safeguard can prevent, can produce, excuse me, warts. Um, and also you can see changes in the psyche. You can see changes in the energy levels, changes in sexual desire. Um, interestingly, after smallpox vaccination, most uh, or some people at least develop a very high sexual desire. And, um, and it's, it's just really, really uh, interesting. So um, when somebody comes in to me with warts or they've had them in, in the past, I really look at this symptom and see, okay, how did you treat it? And I see, what are your symptoms now since you've had the warts so I can see how they've actually affected the organism on a whole. All right, let's spend a few minutes talking about STDs, um, genital warts, genital herpes, outbreaks in the genitalia, et cetera. Um, 
Now this is a this is okay. We don't want to suppress warts outside of the genitalia, but when it comes to the genitalia, we really don't want to suppress warts or any outbreak in that area. Um, suppressing these elements with antibiotics, with creams, you know, etc., has a lasting, nasty, and debilitating effect on the organism, on the physical, on the mental, on the emotional levels. And these effects, you know, if you're like, oh, shit, I totally suppressed that um, <laughs> herpes when I was in my teens, or I totally suppressed that gonorrhea when I, when I was in my 20s or 30s or whatever, these effects can be undone with homeopathy if, it's, if they're addressed before a deep, chronic state sets in, you know, so there's hope. And um, and the effects of suppressed STDs, very interestingly, we don't think about this, you know, because we're not taught this. And so suppressing STDs are one of the most hmm, negatively impactful thing you can do to your unborn offspring until they're in their born and then they, they really struggle with the side effects. So... The effects of suppressed STDs aren't just experienced by you, but of course by your partner and by your offspring, especially if the STD occurred before they were born, you suppressed it, you had kids, they're gonna be affected and they're gonna be affected in a deeper way. So you may be wondering, how is that even freaking possible, Heather? And like all other diseases, genetic predisposition is a main root cause of disease. And as we go through life, and as I mentioned, and I always mention, we're faced with a stressor, prescription drug, a vax, a, a, a big grief, um, toxins, these genetic predispositions become activated. Now, when it comes to STDs, if it, these are treated in a suppressive way, it stays in the cells. It stays in the DNA. That stuff, because, oh, my chancre went away. It's like, after I took the antibiotics, where do you think it went? <laughs> it just like poof, <laughs> disappeared into the ethers. No, it disappeared deeper into your body, into your DNA, into your cells. Suppressed your immune system big time. You know, take this example. If you have a pile of garbage, and you throw it into a landfill and it gets covered with dirt, the garbage is still there, okay? That's same thing, you have an STD, you take an antibiotic, it's still there. It's just not in the scene realms, right? Now, the offspring, let's say you're one of those people, You let's say you're somebody who you had an STD and by the way, STD, you know, there's there's no judgment. I like this is this is nothing to be ashamed about. It's like we just need to know how to treat these things in more effective ways that support our health. It's like, okay, so you got an STD, but now like we need to be able to, to treat these things without suppressing. Because okay, let's go on with this example that you got an STD in your 20s and then you had a kid. And it doesn't matter if you're the, the, the mother or the father. 
it whether the father had it, it's still going to be carried over to the kid. If the mother, the father, if they both had it, then it's a double whammy. But okay, so and, and they both suppressed it. So um then the offspring are born, they're going to be affected. They're not actually going to be susceptible to the STD. Let's say you had chlamydia. That kid is highly unlikely to get chlamydia because you've already suppressed it. And that disease will not be able to be activated in that kid. Um, so there, it's really interesting when it comes to STDs, if they've been suppressed, if the parents have suppressed them, and then the parents have kids, the kids are less likely to get that STD. You might think, oh, bonus round, what's wrong with that, Heather? Like my kid's protected from chlamydia, awesome. Okay, there's, there's, another, there's another side to this, and that is children born to, you know, parents or families with STDs, which probably is all of us if we go way back, right? Um, they're going to be weaker constitutionally as a result. When STDs are suppressed, it activates deeper levels of pathology on the physical, on the mental, on the emotional levels. For example, it is well documented that those who treat syphilis in suppressive ways have a higher risk uh, of becoming an alcoholic. Well documented. And so we, we wonder, oh, why is there family lines of alcoholism? We have to go way back to great, great, great grandpa, grandma, whoever, who suppressed their syphilis and say, hey, every generation is getting weaker. Do you notice that today kids who are born, they're in, they're, they're not, they're not good looking. I'm like, they're, they're, I mean, not to be mean and not that every kid, every baby is not good looking, but there's a lot of ugly kids out there and I'm not like trying to be mean. And it's, it's not like, cause there's some good looking kids. So I'm, I'm like, I'm not trying to be mean, but what I'm trying to say is the face, the facial features, the body types, the constitutions, the strength of the constitution of our children is suffering because of all the suppressive crap we put into our bodies and then have kids and don't, we're not taught. We're not taught that, hey, that's why this kid looks like a, a doughy kid. You know, we're not taught that that's why this kid is missing like part of his facial features. You know, we're not taught that this, that's why this kid was born with a cleft lip. You know, these things we have to take into consideration. And it's why it's so important for us to heal our bodies as much as we're able before having kids. And if you're listening to this and you're like, fuck, I just messed my kids up. It's okay. These things happen. We're not taught these things, but there's a lot you can do. You, if you start treating your kids early with natural medicine, with homeopathy, and you start treating yourself now with natural medicine, with homeopathy, you can start to reverse all of those things. We just have to start doing it. We have to start taking these things into consideration. 
But today, we're seeing less and less cases of STDs. And this is because um, these have been treated using suppressive therapies for so many generations that it's hardly even possible for most people to get an STD today. Our organisms, our constitutions are weaker today. And there's so many reasons for that. Yeah, we can add all the dietary stuff and the EMFs and the indoor lifestyles on top of the, the suppressive therapies and how we've been taught and manipulated to think that we just need to make it go away by suppressing it. And this mindset and approach is very harmful. And this is what causes things like our children to have behavioral issues, our children to be um, more prone to chronic issues earlier and earlier in life. So um, I feel a little bad about saying the ugly baby thing, but I, it's just like, it's just, that kids don't look the same today as they did even when I was, um, when my generation was born. But even my generation, if you take my generation, people probably said then, oh my gosh, what's wrong with these kids? Because the generations before that looked even more robust for the most part and more healthy and more vibrant, more, you know, et cetera. And so with each passing generation, the kids are suffering more and more and more and, and just forget about these kids who I just feel so concerned about children who are born via artificial insemination. I'm concerned. It's, it's concerning for the organism. And these are, are kids who I would highly recommend because it's, it's so in right now and available and, we have to look at the root of the issue. If you can't get pregnant, <laughs> you, you, there's something there. There's, there's probably a big something there to look at with regard to your own health journey that needs to be addressed. Because if you don't address that, your child will or will suffer from that negligence. And, um, the medical system, the government knows this. They know that kids aren't gonna, aren't gonna be as healthy born to artificial insemination. They know that um, vaccines are harmful. They know this stuff. They know that um, giving the option to allow children to decide if they should change their sexual orientation um, in, in physical ways by surgery and hormones, they know that these things are detrimental to humans, detrimental to society, and um, will keep them in the system for the rest of your life. That is a ticket into the medical system for the rest of your life. They know that. And so those, yeah, that's a good option. Let's, let's offer them that. They'll love it. Wow, that's yeah, it's a really good option for them. And I know this may sound harsh, but um, I think we really have to start taking more responsibility 
for our health. And, and hopefully one of my intents with this podcast is to educate people and, you know, about, hey, what we do, what we put into our body, how we treat our stuff, not only impacts our health, but impacts the health of future generations as well. So, um, so what happens is, Children born into, um, you know, families where the STDs have been suppressed, it happens. But what's the result? What can we, excuse me, expect is that these children are going to have more issues on the mental, emotional levels, and they're going to be faced with physical, mental, emotional ailments that are harder to treat from a younger and younger age. Um, alcoholism, uh, they're, they're going to be more prone to alcoholism, to more debilitating mindsets like debilitating OCD. They're going to be faced with more, more panic and phobia disorders, um, and, uh, will be more susceptible to things like cancer, um, at a younger age. STDs are not complicated to treat with homeopathy. It's, re it's, it's really effective. And in fact, um, it's very helpful at removing root causes of things like warts and clearing STDs without suppressing the organism. The thing with STDs is that we, we, want, the, we want the warts, we want the chancre, we want the herpes to come out. We want the eruptions to come out and clear from the immune system because if those things don't come out and we suppress them, you will deal with them later down the line. But they won't look like genital herpes. They'll look like cancer, depression, fibroids, etc. And today, um, people who can even get an STD, well, these people are actually in higher levels of health because... Um, those in lower levels of health with a more burdened immune system, with a weaker immune system, are unable to get um, these, these sort of infections. Their immune system literally is preoccupied with trying to heal a deeper chronic state, a more threatening disease, you know, a depression, a suicide, a phobia disorder, uh, diabetes, cancer, etc., and so when I'm working with someone homeopathically and after one, two, three, you know, remedies, the herpes outbreak comes back that they suppressed 20 years ago. And I tell them, this is a very positive sign that the immune system is moving out of a compromised state. It's strengthening and you're adding years to your life by having so, by doing the, your body, your organism is capable of pulling this thing that has been so deeply suppressed. This is root. If we want to go to root medicine. This is root medicine. You take that herpes that's been suppressed and pushed down and suddenly it comes to the surface. This is one of the best signs we can see when it comes to healing, when something that's been suppressed comes back. And people are like, oh my God, I thought I dealt with that. 
I took antibiotics for that. I uh, poured cedar oil over my body and got rid of that. It's like, actually, if it comes back, it wasn't, it, you didn't get rid of it. And it happens often. There's a lot of things that I'm like sitting here waiting for when I'm, when I'm going through my own homeopathic care. And I'm like, I can't wait for that to come back. <laughs> and it's like, I can't wait for that kidney infection to come back. That would be amazing. And that's not to scare people, but it's like, it's, we, 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 this concept around healing that we've been fed that, oh, you should just feel amazing. And you take this and it'll just go away. And when we suppress things, we just have to know that things don't just go away and they stay in the body festering and causing other chaotic issues. And the brilliance of homeopathy is that it's able to, over time, help to bring things to the surface to really be healed, to really be removed from the body so that you can have a life of longevity and a chronic disease-free life and you can um, really truly rectify conditions that are quote unquote uncurable according to our medical you know, professionals and so forth. So I hope that episode wasn't too um, scary or, or triggering, but that it really helped you to understand how we treat our stuff affects our children how we treat our stuff affects our health and the diseases and mental emotional states we're prone to that we have a genetic predisposition for and how that real, when we really are getting to the root cause of something, then those symptoms, our old symptoms, let's say suppressed herpes will start to come to the surface to really be healed. That shit is root cause medicine. See you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. To learn more about my approach to health, to see all of my creations in the kitchen and all of my Sunlight Rx tips, you can follow me on the gram at sunlight underscore Rx and subscribe to this podcast to access weekly episodes.